This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. You're rolling with Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN. Thank you. Thank you. Always nice to come into a round of applause. And I'll tell you what, the music is appropriate, Brad. Uh, because I... T- after that Calkins segment with Dr. Valley that I look so forward to every year, I feel like I need a black and mild. I feel like I need to smoke. <laughs> I actually started smoking during that segment. Woo! Hot stuff coming at you. Uh, I don't. Maybe we can cut up some of that audio. There were things to be learned as well that mm-hmm. we can apply tonight. Jeff always does a fantastic job. Dr. Valley, fantastic as usual. We'll talk sports. But we could talk a little love today as well. Uh, Lenardi has a new bracket out. Tigers have moved. We'll tell you where. Dallas, check this out, lost to the Timberwolves last night in a way that may matter greatly uh-huh, in terms of their postseason hopes and beyond. And, of course, um, it, re- real re- seriously, sad news we saw, too, out of Michigan State where, you know, this is just – Crazy how how normalized it's becoming, but a a, a shooter unaffiliated with the university reportedly uh, killed three people, wounded five more, took his own life, and we're all just left with the questions, why does this happen? How do you prevent it? Are we talking about it enough in this country? Talk about how normal it is. Uh, So sad note, obviously. Um, You know, with this with the news out of Michigan State. Yeah, this is this is going to be the kind of I think incident that I, I hope. I hope sparks uh, some some more serious discussion than we've had because, you know, a lot of times what people like to do in these kinds of tragedies is they like to, you know, rationalize it and make themselves feel better about it. Oh, well, maybe he just had a dispute with, you know, one of the professors or classes on the campus. Maybe it was, you know, no, 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 no. This was a 43-year-old man who lived in the area who had literally no connection to the university whatsoever. Simply just decided to take out a rampage on the campus. That's it. That's what happened. And that happened in this country. That happened in the United States of America, folks. And it happens all the time. It happens all the time. I mean, it's like, okay, you know, it's a spy balloon. You know, let's just, whatever takes our attention off of the really hard issues at home, let's go get China. Oh, you're right about that. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we all, everybody on this show has, uh, you know, Jake's in high school. You're going to have to send... CJ to high school one day. I'm gonna have to send Riley to school one day. My wife's a teacher. Like, it, it's 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 terrifying. Mm. If it's not terrifying, I I don't know what to tell you. If this doesn't just stop you in your tracks, a 43 year old man who didn't go to Michigan State, who didn't know any of the victims, right. just decided to you know take out a completely random senseless act of violence, uh, a massacre, and. Hey, how about those Mavs? I mean, it's crazy. And it's nobody's fault. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. We're not here to do a show on gun control. Mm-hmm. And even if we do, all we're going to do is hear from, you know, partisan parts of this of, of our listening audience. Because for whatever reason, this this topic has been, you know, people dying randomly has become partisan. Um, we're just going to hear, oh, it's just exhausting, man. All of it is exhausting. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about it. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't work at it and we shouldn't effort at it. Um, but, yeah. You know, I, I don't, I, you know, you, you have to say thoughts and prayers, you know, you have yeah, to say and, that. And I think it's to, like to come on here and grief. ignore it, I think is part yeah. of the issue and what we're talking about that, that starts to add to the normalcy of all of it. That's exactly and right. So feel, you feel like you got to say something, John, but you're right. You're when, when you say thoughts and prayers 15 times a year, it's like, you know, at least it just, you know, 
It, it just starts to feel like it's off or not. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, we are back. I'm back from Las Vegas. Good uh, to have you back. Fun weekend. Lots to get to uh, from uh, from the weekend and obviously the Super Bowl and you know all the fallout from that. Uh, Jessica Benson is going to join us at 11:25. We'll talk to her about the Grizzlies. Uh, unfortunately, I was on the wrong side of that one. Uh, did, did, I did like them against the Celtics. I thought that was going to be a game where, you know, John Morant and the guys showed up in primetime. Made a statement on national television. Uh, but, you know, mm. Jaron can't play, apparently. Uh, he can't stay on the floor against good teams, so that's an issue. Uh, so we'll get to that uh, with Jessica well, Benson. Boston's also very good. They are They are awesome. And very They deep. are awesome. It was, yeah. t- it was a tough ask, right? But you kind of just felt like there were still some openings for the Grizz in that game. Um, but without Steven Adams, they just ain't the same. They ain't the same. So we'll get into Jessica, all that with Jessica Benson at 11.25. Trista Crick's going to join us at 1.25. Talk to her about the NBA, Kyrie Irving, uh, all that and more at 1.25. So that is the show today. I'm back up in the building. Let's do Cap or No Cap. Cap. It means lion, but built different. Now it's Cap. I'm going to say Cap. For No Cap. I'm going to say that that's No Cap. On 92.9's Jason and John Show. Just first of all, it's good to see you in One Piece return from Las Vegas. Yeah, I am in One Piece. There were some times where I felt like I was definitely not in One Piece, but I have, I think, put it all together. And uh, the, the the 6 a.m. flight back to Memphis yesterday was not fun. Oof. And somebody threw up on the damn plane. I, real quick, I, I fell asleep as I was supposed You know, that's what uh, you're supposed to do. Yeah, of course. And I woke up out of my sleep to hear please, any medical professionals on the flight report to the front. I'm oh, like, oh, my God, the pilot dude, died. I hear that. Oh, my God, this is, this is Allegiant. The pilot's dead. <laughs> oh, no. Like, this thing is about to go into a complete nose. Uh, and then I'm like, you know, I'm in, a, I'm in a stupor. You know, I don't know what's going on. I've been sleeping. I'm drooling all that. Yeah. You know, and I asked the person next to me, like, hey, well, it's, it's over everything. All right, you know, the plane's moving fine. So, yeah, somebody up there just threw up all over, the, all over their row. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know what a medical professional was supposed to do with that. Were they supposed to clean it up? Is that how Allegiant contracts their cleaning services? Well, they're used to that all the uh, time, you would think. But uh, Folks throwing up. But, yeah, after the flight landed, I'm fine. I'm that good. sounds like the brown bottle flu is what that sounds like. Oh, that's like. 100% what that is. I mean, 6 a.m. flight coming back from Vegas. I mean, that's the thing that people don't think about. Going there, it's always fun. Like, oh, you get the $8 drink on mm. the flight. You're pumped. You're starting to feel like the juice. You don't ever think about the one, the, the ride home, which may mean – you're 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 poorer than you were when you mm-hmm. left, mm-hmm. and you feel like death. Like that's most people, you know. <laughs> so, but we let's just advertise the, the the route there. It is more fun to think about for real. Uh, and so the next big Vegas time will be the NCAA tournament. That's Memphis right. is in the NCAA tournament. Is that cap or no cap, John Martin? We'll start with you. Well, according to Joe Lenardi, that is no cap, and he has been, I guess, the most bearish on them. Uh, of the NCAA bracketologists, you know he's had them out. He's had them last uh, last team in, first team out. So we're sort of fluctuating between those. I think he actually had them second team out as recently as this weekend uh, before I guess they played Temple on uh, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But the most recent bracketology that he's put out has them now back in the last four buys category, which is out of the play-in, out of the playing game, which is a which is a very big leap, honestly. From where had them, yeah. Because, I mean, look, Temple's a good team. Better, I'll say this, better than we probably thought they were. But is a home win over Temple worth six spots? No. So I think there's one of two things happening here. He probably was a little bit too um, cynical on the Tigers uh, than the market. And he kind of, he, he sounds like he recalibrated that. And also, I'm assuming... You know, there are some other teams around the country who have been under, you know, who've, who've underwhelmed in the last week. And I don't, I don't know who those teams are because I'm not a bracketologist, but I'm assuming those are the two things that are going on there, which is good news for Memphis. Real good news. Yep. Uh, first, last of the last four buys. So a significant jump up from where he had him in terms of John mentioned getting as low as the second team in the first four out. I mean, that's, that's essentially six, seven spots that he's bumped him up. I think it's a little bit of, of correction. And John, too, some of your non conference wins now. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M has moved up to, I believe, 34th in that. They were 33 yesterday, dropped back a spot. But they get to 30, that's a quad one win. Yeah. And so, so you know, some of that 10-3 and three record in non-con is looking a little bit better for you now. Yep. Um, I, I always thought 
he had him a little bit too low. And, and you compare it, wasn't saying, oh, I'm, I believe they're a nine seed like Jerry Palm has them. Right. But you figure the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, and I think that's where, if you look at bracket, back bracket matrix and others, the average is around 10, 10 and a half, somewhere around there. I haven't looked at it today. But, uh, yes, it's, it's no cap that they're in the NCAA tournament right now. Here's the good thing for Memphis. I mentioned this to you this morning, John. There's only one more quad three or quad four, and it's actually, I believe, a quad three game the rest of the way on the schedule. That's the SMU game. The rest of them, all quad one, quad two opportunities. So my point, it, say you are a nine, say you're a ten, there's an opportunity here to improve on that, which was, like we said, whether it's getting to a seven or whatever else, that was always the goal this season. So for the most part, you know, considering some of the losses you have, how you felt like you've let a couple, you've given a couple away there, you got to like where you're at. And especially when you look at this team and the way it's playing, especially offensively, right, with, with your guys, you're now having a, a pretty consistent third option between Elijah, between Keontae Kennedy. I, I think you like Memphis's chances of improving mm-hmm. on where it's at right now. So excellent. Yeah, news. they're in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and look, I mean, still just, can't afford to lose to SMU. Yeah. Just to, just to sort of, you know, I mean, bottom line that, I mean, that again, we sort of said you get there, and that is a success because now you've put together consecutive NCAA tournament appearances. Now you're really you're really strengthening that baseline expectation for the program every year, and that's where Memphis needs to get back to. I mean, especially in this new league, you got to get back to the NCAA tournament every single year, period. I mean, it, it's just it's got to be the new expectation for Memphis to, to keep the brand relevant, to keep the brand strong. You know, we talked a little bit earlier – in last week about how attendance has kind of cratered. So clearly there so. there are there are needs, you know, for that program to to get back to that level of respectability. And 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 I think what comes with that is it could be sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. The better and the more relevant your brand is, the easier it is to get those good non-conference home games. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a top 25 team every year, okay, now we got a we got a reason, you know. Now there's a chance. Maybe it's not the SEC, but it could be, you know, somebody else. I mean, I you know I don't know who, but you know that it, theoretically, hypothetically, much like Gonzaga does. Exactly right. So, but to your point, you got to do your part and have it, an attractive brand that people you. say, you know what, that's yep. a good that's a good game for us, and we're not so hurt by a loss. And, and that's, that's the key. That's the biggest and scheduling one. those. Yeah, like if, if we if we go to Memphis, Correct. You know, and we lose, or if Memphis comes here and lose, and we lose. We don't want it to have to wreck our resume. Not that it would today, but it's not the beating Memphis isn't probably enough of a of a of a resume builder for a non you know power five team to to do the home and home. But you know you start you know put these together two years, three years, four years. I think you will notice uh, an improvement in that schedule, which I think should translate into better attendance at home games. Kyrie, uh, go ahead. Kyrie Irving had twenty six points in the fourth. He scored. 36 points. Doncic had 33 points, and the Mavericks lost 124 to 121 at home to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Cap or no cap, the Mavs will have buyer's remorse. I'm, I'm going to say that is no cap, and I love Kyrie Irving's game. Like I was, I was at uh, <clears throat> my friends at, at the Superbook at the Westgates put put me up in this amazing private booth on Saturday night and all we did on Saturday night was we just watched the games at the best sports book in Vegas well, that's a and in the thing. entire world. That's and, fantastic. And that was one of the games that were on late. Um and and it was like I mean it was uh, I think it was Mavs Kings. That's who it was. Correct. Yeah. And they ended up losing that game in overtime. Um yeah I think look they're gonna they're going to be scintillating offensively those two. Um that's a that's what they are. But you're already seeing that when you give up what you gave up to get him, which was what it was, you know, you, you, traded, Dinwiddie. you traded away Dinwiddie, you traded away, I don't remember if it was. Finney Smith. Finney Smith. Big yep. time defender for your yep. D guy yeah. for you. A lot mm. of the glue. You're, you're, what are you giving up? What are you giving up now? 128, 130 points a game, basically? Uh, to your point, Minnesota shot 58% yesterday. God. Yeah. Now, I will say this. You have to defend, and especially in the playoffs. The Mavs have a dude uh, who I really think might be a good one in Josh Green. Uh, oh, yeah, I like him. 
Like Josh Green, light skin, light skin brother. Good. Yeah, he didn't yeah. play well last night, but nice, nice body on him. But he's young, Thick. you know. Yeah, he played thirty-eight <laughs> minutes yesterday. Yeah, he had twenty-three against the Kings, five of eight from three. So like, I just yeah. you know he was he's only with, five from three last night. But I'm with you. I like him. He's too. twenty-two. You know, yeah, he's, he's young gotta, dude. Let the cake, let the cake. But bake. He, he ain't gonna save him there, uh, uh, John. No, I mean this but was that's a, a nice little side note. This, I like Green too. This was an all-in move by Dallas to to try to get Luka more help, and and though I think they will look better alongside one another, like in terms of just the cohesion, that will come. But I think the problem is for Dallas is 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 defensively, they no longer have somebody that you that can be a stopper. Who is their best defender? I don't know. I have no idea who their best defender is. Like perimeter defender, do they have one? I don't think they do. They might say green. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because he's too young. Way too young. Way too young. I think that's the issue here is that you're going to get 30 from Kyrie Irving. You're going to get 30 from Luka. That's going to be the, you know, and Christian Wood coming off the bench is going to give you 20-plus. But defensively. I don't understand bringing Christian off the bench. He plays like a starter. Yeah. Yeah, I think they would probably argue that he defensively he's not he's not good enough. I guess that's what they would say. Like, so they kind of use him as a six-man, like a big like a big version of Jamal Crawford. So Bullock, Powell, yep. Kyrie, Doncic, and Green. Yeah, that's their five. I mean, Bullock's not a defender either. So I think that's – look. No it, defense. When, when you, that's, when, that's why I picked green. This, I mean, it really yeah. might be. This is really my yeah. perfect team, you know, because they have just philosophically decided. <laughs> yeah, they are you. We won't play that. We don't do that over here. You know what I mean? Um, but in terms of why did you make the move? You didn't make the move to sell tickets. That's not an issue. You made the move because you wanted to get Luka more help so that you could maybe go to the finals, win a Western Conference final series, and they simply are not good enough to do that defensively. I mean, you got to have one guy. You gotta have one guy. Like you can point around to the best teams in in you know in the West or the East. Like I can tell you, all right, Celtics. Celtics have two guys, by the way. Celtics have Mark Smart and Robert Williams. Mm-hmm. Like they got not just one but two. Grizzlies have Jaron and Dylan. They have two. You know, one honestly isn't enough. You got but that's at least where you gotta start. You know, and the and the Mavs have none. So. Yeah, I think this will ultimate. And then you already are hearing the um, Kyrie already came out and said, I don't want to talk about nothing long term, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's already starting. I know he didn't mean that nefariously. He's like, oh, it'll be a distraction from the team, whatever. But, bro, you you just are a distraction. Like, just walking around, you're going to be a distraction. I don't think you talking about long term or not long term is going to add to that any more than you being there already has. Um so yeah, I think they are ultimately. I got. I a hundred percent get why they did it. I respect the idea, the ideology behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, but is it going to get them where they want to be? Absolutely not. Well, especially if they don't re-sign them, and, and the, the, it sounds like that continues to be a possibility. You thought after you trade like that that the plan is going to be at least for a couple of years, and maybe you're going to lock him in on a short term, whatever it is. Yep. You end up making a trade for nothing. He walks off to the Lakers. You re- you look real stupid. That said, even with him in there, you've seen it at the end of these games. They've only got 23 games left after the All-Star break, or what, what what's left. They may have one before the All-Star break. But my point is you don't usually get it figured out, even offensively. Do you see him at the end of the game? Yep. They've done it now the last two. Lucas said the first one in Sacramento, he should have passed it to Kyrie. You see last night they're going back and forth. Kyrie's trying to get it back to Luka. They don't know who's who's supposed to take the last shot. Getting that figured out in 23 games and being ready to play at a high level against a better West, it's, 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 it's a setup for failure. And so whether it's short-term right now or long-term, especially if this dude decides to bolt on you, which you can't rule out, mm-hmm. knowing Kyrie Irving, Man might want to go back, go to the Lakers, get with his, get with his guy there. Um, yeah, they're going to regret this short term and long term. Okay, let's go to the uh, NFL here, where John was in Las Vegas to cover the uh, Super Bowl. The Chiefs will win the Super Bowl next season. Is this cap or no cap, John? By the way, real quick, just on that scene, it was amazing. Like just being in, in the Super Bowl wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we know like, it's the next year. Yeah, but just to like see the the buzz and like people lining up. So how many books, people were in the stadium for the party? Uh I would say that was probably like and everybody's on the floor of it. Yeah, there's there was like some people on the field, some people in the club, some people up a little further. Like okay. you could pretty much traverse wherever you wanted to go. They just w- opened up the whole thing, just made it yeah. sort of a Yeah, and I, I club. I actually I sat in the seats cuz I just wanted to feel the I wanted to feel what it was like to yeah. sit in a seat and like take it all in. You yeah. know what I mean? It was amazing, bro. That stadium is amazing. But just the whole weekend, right? Like it was, it was, it was so dope. 
Um, the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl next season. That's cap. No, they they will not. Um, I, I think that's just really, really, really hard to do. And I also think there are probably like I, I realize how hard it is to get back after you lose, but Philly's still got Jalen Hurts on a rookie deal. And the majority of those pieces aren't going anywhere. They might have to replace like one or two on defense. Mm-hmm. But I I like the I like the Eagles. Yeah. I like the Bengals. Um, you know, let's see what happens with San Francisco in the quarterback situation. They're one. Um, I mean, the Bills were the favorite going into this season. So when this when last year ended, I think the Bills were like the first off the rip favorite, like Kansas City right now. Mm-hmm. And then like Golden State was the favorite right after they won the title this past season. It's very, very rare that that happens. Like almost never. I mean, who's the last repeat we've had in the Super Bowl? Uh, Pats won it back yeah. in, I can't remember the years. Yeah, now. I feel like I think you're right. I think it's the Patriots with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I mean, can Mahomes do it? Yeah. I think the thing you have to like consider oh, with. 405, yeah. There you go. Yeah, the, the thing you have to consider with Mahomes, bro, is like he's one hit away from a fibula injury. You know, like that dude is 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 like he's mobile. He has to be mobile. And I don't know if I would like in terms of what am I betting on? I can't bet on. And I guess Jalen Hurts kind of the same thing. He, exactly. He and I would say more so the way they run him. It's part of the offense. But, you know, I mean, you still like Cincinnati's a look, you know, 49ers are a look. I, I you know, I, I these are hard to make a year out. Uh, but I, I wouldn't. I would not bet the Chiefs to do back to back based on those things. Well, it's indicated by how long it's been since it's happened. Right, uh, tells you that it's probably yeah. not going to happen. I don't just. I, I could sit here and make a case that they will. It seems like it'd be silly because what are we talking about here? Thirty-one other teams. Exactly. Uh, and, and essentially, right. it's the handful that you mentioned. Listen, I, I wouldn't throw Bills out. Yeah, I mean, the what Bills... happens with Vaughn? Is he right? I think did he just do a one year? No, I or think did, he's under contract. See, and you get him maybe back yeah. healthy. Now again, you're coming off a big injury, and at his age, how effective can he be? But it was you know not having that closer guy certainly hurt them this season. Josh yeah, Allen contract. Josh Allen's got to get better in terms of taking care of the ball, and you expect him to. Uh, they've been right there the last couple of years. So I, I, I would take the field in this. Circle. Yeah, and then like you don't know like I think that's pretty obvious. If, if Aaron goes to the Jets, for example, like to me that puts the Jets up, that moves them up, that bumps them up because now he's with a real, you know, he's got some some weapons that are. Well, thinking, he ain't gonna do nothing with, in, with them in the off season, so it ain't gonna matter to about week ten. You know, if he goes, when he to, finally gets on the same page with them. If he goes to the Raiders, you gotta you gotta put the Raiders probably third. You uh, want dude over Jared Stidham? I'm telling you. Bump him down in the conversation. Great, Mahomes goes up, bro. What I don't want, like, I don't even want to talk about Aaron and Mahomes anymore in the same discussion. Well, they're not. You he, can't. He's been passed. He's but been, very much so. Like well, when you and, ask me, and, and as a result, you bump this dude down. This dude thinks so much of himself that he's God's gift. When you asked me on Friday, you said, "What are we going to be saying about Mahomes if he wins?" And I said, "We're going to be like he's the next Tom Brady, like chaser." And like that's so, and and there's nobody else currently in the league who I would say. No, I think it's Tom, Joe, Mahomes to me. You got Joe Burrow over Mahomes. Montana. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> it's like you still on the little Joe. history here for you, <laughs> Joe Montana. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. No, Four I, Super Bowls. No, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree um, with that. I'm trying to think. Is it one MVP or multiple? I think it might be two. No, nobody ever talks about Joe Montana, oh, but dude, that's yeah, fair. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, just because you know we're moving on, but you, those of us that watched him, Mister Cool, yeah. he was Joe Burrow before Joe Burrow, yeah. and he's got the titles and the MVPs. He, he got one MVP or two. He's got two. That's what I thought. So Mahomes has two now. So it's yeah, two so, and two, and, so, and and Joe has four and two. So two, he's got he's got three Super Bowl MVPs, two NFL MVPs, four time champ. Yeah, I mean, Tom, we, Joe, Patrick. Would you take? Would, let me ask you this right now. Would you take um, Mahomes to to put it this way? Will he catch that? Will he, will he catch that right now? Four Super Bowl champions. I think there's a good chance he catches Joe. Yeah. And I'm saying he ain't gonna win it next year. And even that's ridiculous, by the way. Four. They're the team that can win with him as big a hit against the salary cap as he is. They're they, the they because it. he's the guy that can yeah. go out and put these guys on one years. Juju is an example of that. Yeah. And just and make it happen. So long, I think. As he's got Kelsey and Andy Reid, I agree with that totally. That was a masterclass by Andy Reid. It really was that second half, especially. Yes, bro. You talk about folks don't make adjustments at halftime. Hey, I'll be dang, they and, don't and make you know adjustments. What? And you know what? Let me give some more credit. Be enemy, because he's calling the plays, bro. He is. He's calling I'm, the plays. I, I hate this for him that they now feel like maybe he has to get away from Andy Reid right. to prove himself still yep. to get the job. Because even if Andy Reid says, no, that was all Eric, nobody's going to believe him. Right. But I, but it is. 
Like I, I saw this. Uh, I saw this video. I know, man. It's it, sad deal for BMW. They what, what video? They went all the way back to the Eagles' week eight or week nine game against the Jags, and they 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 singled out a play that the Jags ran on the on the Eagles inside the five yard line. Well, they 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 had they they uh, brought Agnew in motion. They were in man to man like they always are, but instead of bringing him all the way across the line of scrimmage in the field, they they told Agnew at the last second reverse. Right and go back to the original spot, yeah. and 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 the DB has already overcommitted to that momentum. Yeah, and he's mm-hmm. wide open. The Chiefs were in that play twice. twice. Scott Moore yeah. and for Tony. Yep, and it worked both times. So that's the diligence against a great defense. They they that that's the difference with Andy Reid and that coaching staff is that they talked they, about that yesterday. They will go back to mm-hmm. a random ass regular yeah. season game. Find okay a play that they believe could they could exploit in the NFL. You save your be- your best plays for last. I don't know if the Chiefs ran that all year long, and they ran it twice, and it worked twice. I mean, it's just that's that was amazing to watch, man. It was truly spectacular. That being said, I will take the field over the Chiefs. Uh, but but Mahomes will be back. We're gonna take a break. Jessica Benson will join us on the other side. We'll talk to her about the Grizzlies, uh, their their season, what's coming up this week, getting Steven Adams back, all that and more. Stick around, Jason and John. I'm trying to film ESPN. Midway point of the NBA season is here, and now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers, you get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. Don't worry, it's safe, secure, super easy, and fun to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drain. That's the great thing about FanDuel. And they can even you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Nice little way to put a couple bucks down when you nice little tank of gas. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com backslash J Smith. Again, that's FanDuel.com backslash J-S-M-I-T-H to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and, of course, of 92.9 FM ESPN. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com backslash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-978. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jessica Benson is the host of Rise and Grind on Grind City Media. She is also on the Grizz Radio Network. Joins us every single Tuesday. Joins us now. Uh, what, what, what can you possibly do for Valentine's Day with one leg? That's a great question. We're going to have to figure it out. No, we actually uh, we have tickets or have had tickets for the 
Tina Turner musical at the Orpheum tonight for Valentine's Day. We're season ticket holders, so we've had that for a minute. And they were kind enough to get me in a handicapped seat. So we will try to roll my scooter down to the Orpheum and uh, be a musical tonight for Valentine's Day. Hey, it's kind of nice, isn't it? That's awesome. I mean, I, I mean I you can say so. it out loud. It's, it's it, you know. It's supposed to be a good show, too. The accommodations, they're pretty elite. It, Elite accommodations. No, the Orpheum always does an awesome job. And I've wanted to see this show for a long time. Obviously, love Tina Turner music. Uh, it's supposed to be great. So that's how I'll do. And hopefully I got this nice little uh, inflatable pillow off of Amazon that I'm going to bring and prop my foot up on as well to hopefully not have to deal with some of the pain. And we'll just hope that it's like a good two and a half hours because the pain just kind of comes and goes, you learn, with an Achilles injury. And one second you're fine and the next, uh, you're, you're screaming at the wall. <laughs> well, d- don't forget your Percocets, you know. I don't have any. <laughs> oh, good grief. What kind of, you got to get a new ty- doctor. I got you got to get a different doctor, I man. Tylenol. <laughs> I yeah. know. You know, Teen. I just popped a Teen. you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't you can't go to a Tina Turner show with a with an Achille, a ruptured Achilles and not have your Perk 30s. I mean, that's just. I know. How am I supposed to get up and dance around? I don't know. Hey, any medical professionals listening right now, you need a new, uh, you need a new, you know, Patient. DMs Je- are open. Yeah, Je- Jessica Benson <laughs> clearly needs uh, needs you. All right, uh, the Grizzlies need Stephen Adams. I looked this up before they we sure brought do. you on. They are twenty eight and fourteen when Stephen Adams suits up. They are six and eight without him, and three and seven in their last ten without Stephen Adams. Why is his absence so profoundly felt? It's so funny because we spend so much time debating like who is the most important player on the seat, right? And obviously it's. It's John Morant's team. He is the, the superstar, the rising, one of the young faces of the NBA at this point, and there's no doubt about those facts. But when it comes to the ancillary pieces, Stephen Adams is, is critical for what this group does in its totality, and it comes down to their success that they have on the boards, especially on the offensive glass and allowing this Grizzlies team to have multiple opportunities on possessions. It allows for when John goes to the basket. Stephen's always there on cleanup crew. And then also what he's able to do as a, as a screen setter and what he's able to do in terms of helping the Grizzlies half-court offense function at its best. It's something that, you know, struggles along the way. And so we're really seeing just how critical of a piece Stephen Adams truly is. You know, he's larger than life, and he is larger than life importance for what this group needs to be in order to achieve the best of its abilities. Jess, we haven't talked to you since the trade became official. How, how, how big of a role do you expect Luke Kennard to have for this team for the rest of the season? I wouldn't expect it to be huge, but I think everyone is going to that that's okay. This wasn't a move that was a, a splashy superstar. You know, it's not KD to Phoenix. It obviously doesn't end up being Mikhail Bridges getting moved anywhere after he gets to the Nets, but ultimately it fills a need that this team has, and that's shooting, and it gives John Morant another person who can hang out in the corner and knock down threes. I know, you know, shooting 52% on corner threes, that could be a massive piece for this group as they try to continue to win the three-point battle in these games. He can also be used as a decoy in various offensive sets. So he gives you that. He's going to be coming off the bench. You don't need Luke Kennard to be a starter. You don't need Luke Kennard to be more than what they essentially are putting him in a place to be, and that's someone who comes off the bench and can maybe be a microwave shooter for you. You know, we were talking about this before uh, the trade deadline came and went, but and I'll give Jason credit for this theory that you know, as as much of a slump as Dylan Brooks has been in, you know, and I know I know he said, of course, that it, it didn't affect them, whatever. Um, do you think that the fact that okay, it's over, he's still on the roster, clearly he, you know, they are they are <clears throat> rolling together, you know, ro- rolling forward together. Do you think that could, you know, maybe in some way? And, and, and he look, he, the shots were sort of falling against the Celtics. Like, is that a is that a weight that could be lifted now that you don't have to? you know, worry back and forth, am I going to be here, am I part of this or not? Yeah, it, it was sporadic against the Celtics, right? I think he ended up being 4 of 12, but he hit a couple threes, and you know, they ultimately go on to lose that game. I can never pretend to sit in a player's headspace. I would love to know what Dylan, brain, Dylan Brooks' brain is like on any given night, but from a personal standpoint, I would think, sure, there's a level of comfortability where you know, like, hey, this group is still – invested in my presence here. They value the defense that I bring. They know how critical it is. I just went out and showed what I can do against a player like Jason Tatum and make a night incredibly more difficult for him than a usual given night. 
So I would hope that Dylan Brooks sees, like, hey, in order for this group to achieve, you know, its championship dreams, as Zach Kleiman made it perfectly clear when he spoke, they are going after a championship. This isn't a push it down the road, kick it down the road kind of thing. Like, this team wants to compete now and in the next couple of years. You just never know how tight a championship window can be. So if that can give Dylan Brooks the, the necessary confidence to get in his offensive game going a little more usual, <laughs> a little more consistently, that would obviously be a huge bonus for the Grizz. Does it still feel important to get Zaire to a level of comfort where at least to you, Jessica, where it, you know, in terms of what this team can do this season, is he, is he still important to those this season plans? I think if he were to be able to come along and get things going in the G League and then be able to have those transferable skills coming back into a rotation piece here, of course it's going to help. That's what they wanted, a long wing 3 and D kind of player with the, the spurts that he showed. I also think when you look at it, like you have a you have a really tight seven, right? You have your starting five once Stephen Adams comes back, and then you have Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark yep. off the bench. And then those pieces of who, who are you going to be able to trust in the playoffs? Is it Santi Aldama, who is unproven in the postseason at this point? Could it be a Zaire Williams? I don't think there's a desperation mode for Zaire to be it this year. And I also don't think that doesn't mean that he couldn't come back and be that critical piece next season. So it's kind of a wait-and-see approach. I just hope that, you know, he's, we say it often. He, he went to Stanford. He's a super smart kid. He's got his head on his shoulders cracked. He's going to go to the G League, take advantage of that opportunity. Not every, you know, first-round pick, lottery pick is going to have that same kind of an attitude, but I think Dyer is capable of really accepting this challenge and hopefully allowing it to get him up to speed and back in a position where he can be helpful to the Grizzlies in the future. We're talking to Jessica Benson, catcher on Rise and Grind at Grind City Media, catcher on the Grizz Radio Network. You know, now that the trade deadline dust has settled, uh, the Grizzlies are still two games up on the Kings uh, for the two spot. Only four games up, though, and four and a half separates them between four and five. Point being, you know, the Suns made moves, the Mavs made moves. Now we'll see on Mavs, but I, feel like we, I, I think we all feel pretty good about what Phoenix did here. Um, how does what happened or – in the, in the Grizzlies' case, what didn't happen at the trade deadline sort of force you to reassess how you feel about the way the rest of this season should go. Like, I feel like there's it's a little awkward because the Grizzlies are the two spot, and so your default setting is like, oh, well, they should be in the West Conference Finals. But we also know how much the cheese has changed in the West. So how, if at all for you, does it sort of ask you to reconsider you know, what the expectations should be? Yeah, I think there's a level of untrustworthiness in the West, if that makes sense. Like, you don't quite know who to trust coming out of the trade deadline because on paper, yes, the Phoenix Suns should be in command. But the Nuggets are still really good. I know they didn't make any super splashy moves, but we'll see what they do with the buyout market as well. You still have the Kings there. Uh, The Mavs are team pure hoops. That's what we call them. No defense, just hoops. (laughs) Kyrie and Luka, and they'll carry as far as they can, and maybe they'll go out there and prove that, you know, defense wins championships is an old statement, and they'll, they'll set a new precedent. You never know what you're going to get with the Clippers. It'll all come down to Kawhi and Paul George functioning. And then even, you know, we've talked about the Warriors and everything that went down with the GP2 trade makes it a little more intriguing, and, and they're struggling a bit without Steph right now. But I even look at the Pelicans, and we just got the news about Zion Williamson is going to miss additional weeks after the All-Star break, which is a massive bummer. But if he comes back towards the end of the regular season – that's a Pelicans team when Zion, C.J. McCollum, and Brandon Ingram are all healthy. That was third in the West and had a top-10 offense, top-10 defense. I think they had a four-net rating. Um, so that's intriguing as well. So I just think that these last you know, couple of weeks, last month and a half of regular season basketball is going to be so fascinating to see how the seeding ultimately goes. And I think we're set for a pretty wild Western Conference postseason period. Would you still put Boston, Jessica, above – anybody in the West, including that Phoenix team, would you include the Bucks in that? Like, sort of, how do you seed it if you're looking at the overall NBA right now? I would certainly put Boston up there, and maybe that's, you know, a little recency bias just because the Grizzlies just lost them by 10 points, and they were without three pretty important players, and Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Malcolm Brogdon and still look tremendous. The depth, the veteran presence that they have out there, having a player like Jason Tatum, an MVP caliber type guy, uh, they're just so built, yep. and that's you know how they made it to the NBA Finals last year, and so they feel very well poised. I think the Suns, as long as they stay healthy with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and everyone around, um, 
they certainly hang up there, but I do think the Celtics are in a league of their own. The Bucks will chase them in the East, but they just feel so solid to me. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I know they didn't have Jalen Brown, but they, they did. They have Mike Muscala. Yeah, <laughs> they did. I mean, like, I, that's that to Sam me. Sam Hauser. Yeah, Sam Hauser, bro. I thought this guy was like a G leaguer. What, what the hell's going on? I mean, I, I, I'll choose to believe that that said more about the Celtics than it did the Grizzlies. It absolutely. Is. And Pritchard was coming out there draining. I mean, Pritchard looked like oh, the yeah. damn professor Tatum out there. Didn't even play well. It, it didn't. Dylan Brooks did Three his of job. Sixteen. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, you had. I think what was it? Hauser, Horford, and Pritchard combined for like fourteen threes. Of their twenty-one, I think. Well, that's that's the thing is like, it's kind it kind of is a reminder that you know these are not the grit and grind Grizzlies that want to score eighty-five points a game and just beat you up in the post. You know, like that's not what they do. Yet it still does at times feel like they're uh, you know behind. Cause you, well, they're like, such a phenomenal paint scoring team too, right? Like that's, that, that, their that's fair. And butter. That's so fair. They are built twos different. Are, twos are less than threes, unfortunately, mathematically. Yes. Well, like you know, to the point, like, like can the Grizzlies ever make twenty-one threes in a game like the Celtics did? I don't think so. You don't have the shooters right now. Yeah, like Not the proven shooters. Like they, like, and again, it's just like it's a testament to how the teams are built, right? They're just built a little right. bit differently, mm-hmm. but it's just like we feel like the Celtics could win the the, the ship right now, and you just feel like. Yeah. You know, in terms of the moves that you might have to make again, you know, you might need to, you might need to, you, you can never have too many shooters. I think that's the old adage, right? And so I just feel like when you're bringing in Pritchard and, and friggin' Horford's in the corner banging in threes, at, I mean, it's just, it's, it was, it was remarkable to see. And that's what basketball is, unfortunately. Like, I don't know where you are in it, Jessica, but like, it kind of annoys me. It annoys me that, a, a team like the Grizzlies can play as well as they do inside. They can get great shots. You know, Jaws getting in the rim relentlessly. But if the team on the opposite side just they, – they put up 55 threes and make 21, like you're going to lose the game. Like that annoys me. And that's the way basketball is going. But it's like I don't know if I like it. I think it's excessively annoying because sometimes when you're watching like a three-point parade, there's something very mystical about it. It's almost like mesmerizing. But the way John Morant plays basketball and, like you said, gets to the rim so relentlessly and it's like an obstacle course that only he has the answers for, like that's just as entertaining and you feel like it should be worth as much as a team that is just nailing three after three after three. So I get it. Like when we're accustomed to watching the Grizzlies more than any other team in the NBA, you can see like, oh, stylistically, this is such an incredibly fun thing and talented thing and skill-wise highest level of the game to watch. And yet still, if you don't have three-point shooters and if you're not defending the three-point line in a way that has haunted the Grizzlies this season, uh, it can ultimately bite you in the butt any given night. I think think one one way the league could combat this disparity is every jump shot counts for three. Okay. Just like a – because, I mean, they are, to your point, they are that – incredible usually right he's like levitating he's like throwing it between his legs up for a layup you know what i'm saying who would exactly who would have a problem with that if every job bucket was three instead of the traditional two <laughs> that way the grizzlies would indeed have like they could compete with a 21 you know three-point making team I, I look that would if i'm adam silver that's on my desk today or like maybe just like poster dunks are worth five and let's just really go 100%, 100%. above and beyond you know if they the level of difficulty determines the points within the shot. <laughs> We're I, I wonder, redescribing I, the game here today. <laughs> I wanted to run this past you. I don't know if you felt like this, but because you know, I've been in Vegas, so I've been kind of detached. Like, I don't even know. It feels like I've been gone for three weeks. Uh, That's what Vegas will do to you. <laughs> yes. Like, the times they feel you're double, you like, feel like you're there for double the amount of time. But I, I just, I, at some point late last week, and, and the tra- like, I, I felt like the anti jaw campaign was like, Going off the rails, like if if it it almost like Job was becoming like a sympathetic figure, and like the league just could not wait to tee off on him. Like, why is that happening? And and do you think it has gone too far on Ja? It's so weird, right? Like being within it here, and when you watch Ja at a game, whether he's interacting with fans or interacting with his daughter, like all of those very special moments with Kari on the court before and after games, and just the level of you know, fun and respect and friendship that he has with his teammates, with the coaching staff, all of that plays into this guy who also happens to play a remarkable brand of basketball that is, you know, one of one in what we're seeing right now. And yet people hate him. And it's just, I I don't, I don't get it. And I honestly did feel, 
I felt bad, and I don't think he, he wants us to feel bad for him necessarily, but when I saw him turn off the responses on his tweets, I was like, man, he's over it. Like, he doesn't want to see it anymore. And we can always say, like, don't read the comments, don't read the comments. I tell myself that all the time. But there's a natural inclination to, like, go check what people are saying, and, you know, he shut that down, and I give him a ton of respect for that because you got to protect your mentals at some point. But I do think it's so bizarre. I wonder if it's, if it's strictly Internet culture. I've had that mental conversation with myself because – when you're out and about, it's like everyone loves Jaw. If I'm in a different state and I mention I work for the Grizzlies, the answer is, oh, my God, you get to watch John Morant every night. How is John Morant? Have you met John Morant? Is he as cool as he seems? Or if you're, you know, out and about, I'll never forget being on our honeymoon in Italy this past summer, and there was Jaw jerseys in Italy. Like, that was just wild to me. It so is wild. I think there is this level of popularity that transcends, you know, the cesspool that is Twitter. But I also I don't completely downcount Twitter because those, some of those people are real. So there is some of that hate, too. So it's a balancing act. But I think Jock could and should be one of the most likable players in the league. I don't know if it's because he just has like, an absurd amount of confidence, as he you know, very well deserves. And confidence leads to the kind of player that leads the team to a championship, hopefully, one day. Uh, but it is a really, really weird phenomenon. Hey, Jessica, always appreciate your time. Thank you, Jessica. Have a great night. Have a good one. Enjoy the show. Thank you. How do, did you show up to the theater and forget the perks. I'm saying, think about that for a second. Think about that. I'm trying to think about it. I'm... That would be like one of my things if I got like such a traumatic injury, man. You know, I got, I, I'm, I'm in pain. That feels like a couple that's gone out every Valentine's because you're young, for sure, and you feel like you must again. Yep. Even the, well, you made a, uh, you with made a, a season-ending injury. You must, you must, uh, you must have really been feeling. Uh, I mean, love was really in the air in Cordova this morning. When Love you, is always in the air in Cordova. I mean, but did, was something was there? To, was that an atonement for something or no? Okay, no, it's called paying dues, putting on social. I thought you knew. I thought you. I thought you understood. Yeah. Well, I got better I, get you something out there. I know. I, believe me, I know. <laughs> Public affection is. Oh, ne- it's true. Is necessary. I, I didn't think it was, but then I hear about it. See, Calkins just want to talk about the wham bam. Thank you, ma'am, all day. Yep. But a lot of times you have to build to that, right? That's exactly right. And that's right. what I specialize in. Yeah, no, I feel like... As you know. That segment that Jeff does is not for married people. Bang, 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 bang. That that segment is for, like, dating, you know? Because that's, like... People... They said some things today that I just hadn't... What, what was the most controversial? I'm, I can't get into it as with my role with, with the church. Okay. Because it got down there. Oh, it got down there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I saw I, I was listening, but yeah. I can't I can't. Is it funny because Jeff is so old? Is that what makes the bit like what it is? No, I think it's how comfortable he is. Oh yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Like really comfortable talking about sex. And not just, you know, the old missionary. Jeff likes to talk erotica. <laughs> we must cut it up. I mean, why are we listening to clips of Shannon Sharp? And all these other folks, when we could be listening to the clips of what may be the best segment of radio in this country every year, his Valentine's segment with Dr. Valley. Well, that's, I mean, that's, you know, we are Marconi nominated, sir. I think that's part of it. I think that's been part of it. Um, part yeah. of the dynasty. Keeps it, keeps it hot. Well, you, you gotta, yeah, you gotta win. Yeah, no, uh, you know, with the, uh, you know, my mother-in-law is, is going out tonight for her. So, you know, I, that means we are not. Because we have a, ch- a two-year-old, so so, so, it's so not if even the set average up. four to seven minutes, they're not getting there. They're not getting there. See what I'm talking about? So the a- wait, the average four to seven minutes, people aren't getting there. So so, so if the average up. four to seven minutes, they're not getting there. They're not getting there. That's right. why we have the gap that we've talked about before. The orgasm gap. The orgasm yes. gap. Yes, where men typically are the ones that are org. If it's a heterosexual couple, or at least there's parts from both of those. People. What? Um, more often, men are orgasming and women are not. And some of that has to do with the orgasm numbers due to penetrative sex. Some of it has to do with that response of ooh, desire. Ooh. I can't take it anymore, Brad. I can't take it anymore. I, I, I kind of got lost when she said, like, parts from, I'm like, oh, wait, so uh, is this one of those things? I don't, we can't even do the segment no more because it's getting too convoluted now in society. Like I, I, I learned <laughs> that you can apparently have an orgasm and not even erect. What? That's what Dr. Valley said. How does that happen? Well, she must be cold. 
<laughs> I'm just, I mean. <laughs> See, that, that is a, a scientific possibility. I'm I, I, mean, I had no idea before today. Let's say in a heterosexual couple, I'm saying to her, like, she does have the right to say I'm not interested. Sure. And yet I can say, come on, give it a shot. Like, Okay, that's not a good lead. <laughs> Jeff's talking about when she says, when no means no, right? And he said, yeah, that, 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 that was a little bit, that, yeah, that doesn't sound like a good clip no, at all. Too aggressive. That's probably not the best. <laughs> uh, how about this? Dr. Valley told me that if you just give it a shot, are they talking you about, can probably uh, get to the right space. They're t- are they talking about uh, the other... I don't know, bro. The other region. They're talking about the other region, bro. That's not Valentine's Day, by the way. Don't do that. If y'all ain't heard it, it's probably you got, you got to go back to the podcast. I'm not doing podcast. a feature podcast. You can rewind it if yeah. you like it. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always interested. Like, to, I mean, but if, if, if Dr. Valley's out here, you know, making it happen with no, you know what I'm saying? That's cold. That's cold. The cold is Crawford type stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> four to seven minutes. Damn. I, I come away feeling good. Lane, please. I got 10 for you. I got a good 10. And do you count the before? No, it seems like. To, to get back to, uh, before I totally sidetracked us, we were talking about naive realism and the fact that um, people can have different perceptions. So we have this guy. Bro, Joe so Mod- deep with it. Uh, naive so realism. So what is this, a Twilight book? <laughs> they, should, they should probably do that segment more than once a year. Bro, it's, Jeff, that, it's that good. No, but see, this is what people don't understand. Jeff uses that for his own. He's like, that's not for the people. That's for Jeff. He's just doing it because he he's got some questions he wants to ask. He'll you tell know? you it's for the sexual it's, health it's, of it's, Memphis, that, but it's that's actually a, That's what they call a question. free consultation that Jeff gives that's himself good, that's every a, year. That's a good point, <laughs> So he's just like, hey, you know, I'm getting older. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, love is in the air. From all of us. At 92.9 FM ESPN. We'll come back with the rundown. Don't you touch that dial. Give us four to seven minutes. That's all we ask for. Fifteen, really. Give us 15, and we'll make your life happier. Back in a minute. Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.